You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> good mark, good mark, good mark. What it do, people? Uh, <laughs> it's your favorite. Amber's it's bag. It's the chocolate drop. She lost her mind. It's your favorite's favorite. It's the princess, Amber Iman. Ain't no man here. I mean, except Chris. <laughs> Ain't no man here. You know, I wrote a song for y'all just, just for this moment. All the women who independent. Keep Christy, push the buttons. <laughs> oh. <laughs> push hey, the buttons. We back, we black, we back, we black, we black. Welcome to another episode of Off Book Podcast. Ew. It's me, y'all. It's ladies night, y'all. Are y'all ready? Ew. Are yeah. y'all ready for what's about to go down? I don't think Do y'all ready. understand the level of estrogen that's in the room right now? Do y'all understand the level of shea butter and coconut oil and melanin Ew. and skin popping and flossing and just hydration and just nourishment and just <laughs> elevation and just success? I love you. I just want gun mark, gun mark my damn self. Can I gun mark myself? Gun mark, gun mark, gun mark, gun mark. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it is I, Princess Ambraymon, coming to you live from New York, New York, the Big Apple, the city of dreams. Um, thank you all for tuning in. I just want to take a moment because just there's peace in the studio. There's quiet <laughs> because there are no niggas yelling. <laughs> I naturally think I'm loud. I'm actually I'm actually an introvert. I actually it's the only child in me. I actually love peace and calm. I just, you know, have to turn up with Danye and Drew to balance them out. But actually, it's gonna be a very NPR episode. It's gonna be very focused. Get your friend. Very <laughs> Wasted time. Hello, America. It is I, Princess Anne and I have two amazing special guests here today. I just am so excited because you guys don't know who the hell it is, and I do because they're my friends and they're here. And they're both Broadway stars. They are currently in Broadway Smash Successes right now. In fact, they just got off the American stage. They are both giving beat, lips, lashes. Hair is either wig prep or fresh out of wig prep. Hey! Um, because black girls, we understand what that girls. means. Ha ha, shata. So I'm going to introduce them so that we can get started. I'm throwing all the rules out of the window. We ain't doing half the shit we usually do. Ain't no I said what I said. Thank you, Jesus. We're not doing any of that because it's about black girls having a conversation about being black black on Broadway in America in 2019 in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, without 
I know y'all have enjoyed this whole first three minutes of me it's, acting a plum it's asshole. So good. But what else would you expect? Besides, I'm going to be gone for two months, so I'm trying to give you all as much oh, of me as you can possibly stand. So, I have to introduce, who shall I introduce first? Okay, I'll introduce who I've known the longest. That is the Queen Bee. I think she's basically the mother of Broadway. I don't uh-huh. know why, you know, Broadway doesn't understand how amazing she is. Because, number one, she's been in 7,019 Broadway shows. I lied, 7,019 and a half. Um, why? How you the, in a half of it? <laughs> <laughs> the first time I actually witnessed this lovely lady in action was in Sister Act. That was the first time Ooh. I ever saw you. Um, she's been in, she's currently, let's start with she's in now. She is currently in the 12 time, 12 Tony nomination. Yeah. For Ain't Too Proud. Hey. Welcome the lovely Rashidra. Rashidra, can we do round of applause right here, Scott? Oh, 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 go Mark, go Mark, go Mark, go Mark, go Mark. Rashidra. And what name do you use in the world versus at home with your husband? Rashidra Scott. She's known as Rashidra Scott. Yes. I just want to make sure. I know her uh, married name and her real yes. name, but you know, I just want to keep it cute for y'all because y'all don't know I appreciate her like that. You. I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the program, Rashidra Scott. Thank, Thank you. you for joining us fresh off the Broadway stage. Thank I'm you for so glad me. to have you. Hey. And before I tell you uh, any more about Rashidra, I'm going to introduce our next special guest. And man, oh man. Uh uh. Uh uh. Man, oh man. <laughs> She's a star. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, the next guest is currently in the smash uh, known as the Be More and the Chill. Um, but let me tell you about her lineage because, man, she's amazing. Let me um, borrow a cord. She a is cord. the spawn of one of the most talented men in TV and film and everywhere, the David Man. Does, does anybody know who that is? Who? Huh? Do you know who her father is? Who? Do you know who he's married to? The uh, Tamala Man? Who? And they, uh, we have here with us the Tiffany <laughs> Man. I'm so glad to have you in the space. I'm glad to be here in the space. Thank Come you for on, joining Black me. Girl Magic. Hey. Ladies, you know, I brought you two in today because I was like, I need black women who are real ones, who speak the truth. Come on. Hey. Who are known for being honest mm-hmm. and well. aware and available. Spirit, mind, body. Hey. And who I just love and adore. Come you guys are on my list. No. And I was like, if I could have two girls and some water and some donuts, because that's what we got, <laughs> it would be uh, Tiffany Rashida. But this so, post-show sugar is everything. Listen, so I, just, I just know it's been a long day, and I said the least I can do is give y'all some sugar. It is appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shata, welcome. Mm-hmm. So, ladies, tell the people, we'll start with Rashida, just a little bit about yourself. Why you start with me and I got this donut? I know, I'm so sorry. That was rude. <laughs> I'm going to talk slow. So, NBR, Rashida Scott. Mm-hmm. Tell us, you can do the long version or the short, short version, just how you got to be where you are today. Uh, a little bit about your background. Jesus. What you studied. Yeah. Um, ah, shout out. <laughs> speak the truth. Uh-huh, go ahead. See, I say it as a joke, but it's for real. Yes. Uh, oh, God. So I always knew, nope, scratch that. I can't even say I always knew I wanted to be a singer because I grew up in a predominantly white area. Okay. My high school, I think my freshman year of high school, I'm not going to give a year. Um, They were touting. It was way too late for them to be touting their highest minority percentage at 11%. That's everybody. Wow. Everything. 11%. All of them. The entire Not the blacks. No, minorities. All the minorities. Like, you know how you got them little squares Uh in the classroom doors? Uh And we'd be walking by. You can go to the water fountain or the bathroom, and you come back, and literally, we'd all just be standing outside the square, just staring into the classrooms with more than one black person. Wow. 
you actually have a friend in there. I'm so jealous. Oh, <laughs> I understand that life. But yeah. you know, you have to. You grow up in that. You have to give the impressive. What do you want to be when you grow up? Answer. Uh-huh. So it was always mm-hmm. a pediatrician. Okay, that's right. And a uh, summer going into my junior year of high school, I went to a summer arts camp, and we had a guest and a teacher who came and talked to us, and he was talking about this magical place called Berkeley College of Music, and mm-hmm. I was like. I want to go there. So I talked to him. The days of dial-up, I guess I kind of accidentally aged myself. Um, I came back, and my mother had to get a second phone line because I, the Scorpio that I am, spent all day every day on that Berkeley website. Of course. Getting my argument together. Yes. And after all of my life of saying I was going to be a pediatrician, Mm -hmm. I went downstairs one night, and I said, okay, Ma, um, so I don't actually want to go to school to be a doctor. I want to go to this music school and uh, because I don't, it's my life and I don't want to grow up and regret mm-hmm. not having pursued this. Yeah. I can always pursue a doctorate later if I want to and if it doesn't work out. <laughs> I love But that. I don't ever want to like go through all these years of school and then be treating a patient and singing along with the music at the clinic and having somebody be like, oh, you should have been a singer. And I'm like, I should have been. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, went to Berkeley, thought I was going to be a recording artist. Okay. Great. You know, and then that didn't happen. And then, uh, so what were you majoring in? Uh, I, I'm an idiot who actually graduated uh, and still paying them back. I got a bachelor's of music and music business management. Got it. Because I said, if I'm going to go be a recording artist, I want to know a little bit about the industry well, that smart. I'm going into. That's absolutely mm-hmm. smart. I ain't used that degree a day of my life, sister, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> Still paying for it, but it's all right. That's fine. That's it's fine. Right. You know what, though? I haven't specifically used it, but I absolutely think that that has helped me throughout my career separate the business from the personal. Of course. Yes. So over the years, I think there are two things that I've auditioned for and didn't book that I've actually shed tears over. Okay. And everything else, I've been able to look at it and say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't get it because X, Y, and Z. Got and it. I can just separate. Because we we give all. Mm-hmm. If we're doing what mm-hmm. we're supposed to do, we mm-hmm. give our all every time we walk into that room. And so it's hard to not take it personally. business-minded in the room. Right. We are just emotional. And right. I'm an artist and I'm creating and it's about the art and I need the job. Absolutely. But we ain't business-minded. Right. Mm-hmm. And it. so that's, I will say that that's one way that my degree has kind of helped me mm-hmm. um but yeah so all of that stepdad's favorite place to vacation was disney we went saw the show tarzan rocks i looked at my parents i said i'm gonna do that show found the call board found the call booth asked how i get information to audition auditioned got through school graduated auditioned booked it did four contracts with Walt disney entertainment between the cruise line Ended up doing Tarzan Rocks, opened Hong Kong Disneyland, and Hong Kong Disneyland was where Jesus said, uh, so what you think you about to do is go back uh, to Orlando, but what I'm about to do is tell you that that's not what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, the first person to cuss me out, I had about six people cuss me out in the 11 months that I was there. Mm-hmm. They cussed me out in the name of Jesus, but uh, the first one was one uh, director choreographer by the name of Warren Adams. Yes. My my brother, uh, and he likes to remind me of this every single time of I course. see him at an opening night party. He's like, "You know, I'm why she's here." I'm like, "Okay, okay. yes, yes, Warren." Never let you forget <laughs> the, eighth, the, the eighth of a centimeter of an inch of effect they had on your life. I Just, can't stand black man. Oh yeah, oh he got me good though. Oh, but he got me so good. So we we were 
Hong Kong Disney, they paid for they would transport us between our housing and the park every day on these big old buses. Mm-hmm. And every day Warren was great and he would pick a different person to sit next to. It was about a 30 minute commute. He wow. would pick a different person to sit next to just to get to know us. On my particular day, he ain't slick. He took the outside seat. So he had me up against the window. I was stuck and trapped and I ain't even know. <laughs> He's like, hey, come, come sit over here. How you doing? I was like, I'm, I'm good. Cool, cool, cool. You know, the door's closed. We start driving. Baby, that smile went away. And he said, why the fuck ain't you getting your ass to New York? Ooh, huh? Oh, wow. Uh, uh-huh. But sometimes uh, that's what you need. You needed that. I mean, I didn't know. But you needed it. My spirit was like, well, how would I do? Uh. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that, that, that was the start of my 30-minute ride with Warren Adams. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had two friends who knew about my 400-pound uh, black lady who lives on the inside of me. And mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. tricked me and said, let's go to the one hagen that we got in Hong Kong. I said, yes, let's. And they picked a corner table and both of them wow. tag teamed me. So we keep hearing you say that you're trying to go back to Orlando, but you need to go to New York. Wow. Like, okay, so I guess I'm going to New York then. Cool. But then I looked at my bank account and I said, I ain't got no money. Uh, so I'm going to do this one quick cruise gig again we and all save some money. That. Hello. And then I came and moved. And the way God said, I ain't bringing you up here to make a fool out of you or come me. On, come and on, Rashid. I got up here. I spent two weeks on my friend's couch in the Bronx. The third day of the second week, I auditioned for my agents, booked an agent. I've been with them ever since. Work. Uh, le- and I would just leave. They would call me when I had an audition, mm-hmm. and I would come back up. Mm-hmm. Just doing that back and forth. I officially moved to New York the last day that I did a show at Barrington Stage Company, so the end of August, I went straight from Grand Central from Barrington to a rehearsal studio to start rehearsing a nymph show that I did. Mm-hmm. That was the like August 30th, 31st-ish. And November 2nd, the day after my birthday, I got a phone call with an offer for my Broadway debut. Work! A month and a half you later. Come on. Better. And I think in the 11 now, 11 and a half years that I've been here, I have... Thank Jesus. I have only exhausted two unemployment claims Work. in 11 and a half years. And how many Broadway shows? What's the total? Uh, This is six. Work. Come on. Work, Rashidja. Yeah. yeah. So that's the long-winded version of uh, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Did Actually. That. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea this is what I... I mean, I, I knew I wanted to sing and perform somehow, but right. I... This was never. But you didn't a grow thought. up on cast albums. And nah. like, of mm. course. I, see, this is why I love doing this. I'm like the mm-hmm. least knowledgeable musical theater performer. Ah, child. 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 I don't even own a cast album, girl. <laughs> people will be like, oh my God. And that song in Carousel. And I'm like, like, they ain't got no black people in there. This is because when I say it, people look at me crazy. And I'm like, if, if it had too many Mm-mm. white people in it, first of all, my mom wouldn't let me listen to it. Well, <laughs> okay. Hey, Second hey. of all, why would I want to? Baby. Nobody care about no who. But baby, when I tell you, it's fine. Baby, when I tell you though, what Rashidra, what little Rashidra would give you though, is acting out the entire firing of Jimmy in my bedroom. Oh, yes! All three parts. And I'm telling you, as Laurel, I would walk out of my room on myself and then come back and get back on the knees with Jimmy. Because this is what I did as a latchkey kid. I adore that. <laughs> Tiffany, man. What up? How did you get to be 
more chill. I didn't even mean to do that, but that was a brilliant. You, that's brilliant. Thank you. I, I surprise myself sometimes. <laughs> that was a good uh, one. So starting back, like little tiny t- Tiffany. Yes. Um, tiny I grew t- up in Fort Worth, Texas. Yes, you did. Hey. Um, uh, and it was me and my mom, uh-huh. who is not. Uh, my Tamla man is is very much mm-hmm. my mother. Mm-hmm. Her and my father have been married for thirty one years yes. now. Wow. And the introduction, so, I said y'all didn't catch it. I said married too. Uh-huh. 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 So so you know like that. The, she's very much my mom, but my mom Toy mm-hmm. is the one who uh, you know me, my mom, and my two sisters were in the house. Got it. And um, uh, you know we were at church every day. Uh-huh. Monday was the, the Baptist <laughs> training union. Then you had to do choir rehearsal, uh-huh. usher practice, yeah. hey. and then you got all that stuff. So we're always Mid-week at church. Service, uh-huh. choir rehearsal. Come on, everybody. <laughs> so Pastor's appreciation on Come on. Community Pastor outreach on Saturday. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we were always at church. Uh-huh. So I had no choice but to start singing somewhere. And uh, so my mom put me in there and, and um you know, I'm rocking and clapping my little old chocolate hands and just yes, doing what I can. And, and uh, uh, then she started talking to some of her friends, mm-hmm. and there was this uh, place called the Texas Girls Choir. I was all in Blackburn then. That sounded real black when you said it. It didn't, it didn't sound like it had no oil it, no, in it no. when you said it. <laughs> Which, but you know, that, that started like, you know, classical, you know, like uh, classical training, and yes. it started like me reading music. Which is always okay. important. And all that kind of thing. Yes. So that was really cool. And then, um, uh, as it went on, my mom continued to talk to her friends. I appreciate her talking to her friends. Mm-hmm. Being like, look, my baby, she see me making up plays around the house, and me and my sister got towels wrapped around our heads, yeah, and like singing all kind of music, hairbrush, yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> so she saw that and was like, I got to cultivate that. So she talked to one of her friends, and her uh, my, her friend's son went to a fine arts high school. Uh-huh. And she was like, ooh, Tiffany, you got to go there. And I was like, no, I want to turn up. I'm in band, and I want to go to a regular <laughs> ooh, high you school. What did you play? For flute. I yeah, like, Girl, I played in third grade. <laughs> This so amazing. I, I wanted to go to like to marching band yes. and I wanted to like have like my own Beyonce homecoming experience. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to do that. I wanted that to be my high school experience. Oh my God, I did. But on my mama, <laughs> she said, No, you finna go to this fine arts high school. I hated it. I hated it the first day I hated it. Of course. But as now, I white went, school, black school, mix. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. It was, in my graduating class, it was 36 people. Ooh. Oh, wait a minute. So, so I can say it was two black people, but that's a large oh, percentage. Oh, <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, I mean, I can't. Small re- school. It's a, it was teeny tiny, wow. but I, I, I hated it at first. Okay. But as it went forward, I had a, a lot of teachers who realized, like, we didn't have much growing up. We didn't, we didn't have nothing uh-huh, and these people like would give me voice lessons for free yes. piano lessons for free they would drive me here and there I had a, a choir teacher who drove me all the way from Texas to Oklahoma wow. to my uh, audition and paid for everything and didn't have me pay for anything wow. you wow. know and so I, I owe what I have to the community around me who who got together and rally. like no this baby finna rally yes. we finna rally around this baby yes. and get her where she need to go um, so after that I went to Oklahoma City University for vocal performance and did a lot of opera. Um, <clears throat> they are one. <laughs> if you 
take one more side breath like that, I'm not going to make it. They're a wonderful institution. Of higher learning. If, if you look like a Kelly O'Hara, if you right. are a Kristen Chenoweth, Which is then fine. you were God at that school. Ooh. But at the, at, when I went there, a heavy set, dark skin mm-hmm. young lady with a big voice, mm-hmm. they had no clue what to do with me. Exactly. And there were nobody, there was nobody there to say anything about like how to culture. They, they had me singing. And I'm telling you, legit. No. What? Wait, 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 wait. Pause, wait, what? Pause, pause. Like, like operatic. Like, and I am telling you. I was like, and I did it. Because you, you, that's what it's supposed to do. I'm paying you a thousand million hundred dollars. Also, you give me a grade. So, uh, right. you know, I, I'm going to do, do what you say. I think uh-huh. you know what you're talking about. And and as I went on, I was like, y'all don't know what y'all talking about. Wow. And, and they made it seem like I wasn't going to have a place mm. in theater. And so once I um, gave my uh, good old Usher finger uh-huh. and exited that institution, <laughs> I had uh, another group of people who rallied around me um, to say, hey, baby girl, you want to do this for a living? Wait, so did you finish or you exited? I said I put up my... <laughs> I'm trying to get the people to... I want the people to know the fullness because people don't think that you can be successful and be on Broadway unless you got a piece of paper. Hey. And neither one of y'all got a piece of paper in acting no. for Broadway. No, so I just want no. people to hear that you said you exited. I, I went on the exit. I uh-huh. said, amen, amen. <gasps> how, now, how, far, how far were you in your uh, matriculation? Uh, I was almost in my junior year. Okay. I was in the, it was okay. in the, you know, I okay, went for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like... No, no. I'm not going to keep paying y'all this money and y'all telling me that I'm supposed to be... Anyway, so so uh, I had another group of people who rallied around me and said, hey, baby girl, you want to do this for a living? Okay, I'm going to show you how to do it. Okay. They, you know, uh, showed me how to find auditions and mm. showed me where to go. And, you know, while I was working my... Uh, my uh, uh, call center jobs, uh-huh. waiting tables and things. They showed me how to do th- do all the stuff in between at the community theaters. And uh, so as far as getting to New York, uh, I was in a show that was uh, had a couple of co-pro productions in regionally. And then they had they moved that show to Broadway. And I was like, hey, I done did it in this city, in this city. I'm finna got a Broadway. Nah, man. <laughs> and then what happened No. Was, uh, they took... Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> and my block house was sitting over <laughs> Nary a Broadway. And so Not a one. No. And then then something happened within <sighs> the production and they needed an emergency situation. I was uh-huh. like, put me in, coach. I'm, I'm already in it. Yes. So y'all can just fly me up there. I can do the thing. They wouldn't even consider me because I didn't live in New York. Shut and up. I said, you know what? That's the last time y'all gonna mm-hmm. pass me up because y'all just don't know who I am. Come on. So hey. I tricked myself. I said, self, myself said, huh? <laughs> uh-uh. And I snuck, nope. snuck myself on to New York. And uh Wait, say this again. You, you snuck. I, sn- I snuck on myself. How did you do that? I told myself, we finna go visit New York. Got it. And then, so <laughs> we visited it. for two weeks, and then two weeks turned into, okay, when I got a call back, so I got to extend my flight. Got it. I got, oh. What? Now I got an agent, so I got to <gasps> move here now. So did you tell anybody? Your mom and them? I, 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 I did all the sneaking. So it was like around <laughs> around Thanksgiving, I came back home and I said, hey, y'all. And they was like, well, I was like, New York was great, blah, blah, blah. I'm moving. And they was like, when? <clears throat> In January. <laughs> and they were like, well, uh, uh, 
do you need help? You know what? I was like, I already got my house and I already got an agent and I booked a show and so I'm finna go move uh, and everything. Ooh, I got uh, everything packed. So bye. Shut <laughs> up. Because if I didn't do it, that fear it. thing, whoa, that fear thing will cripple you. Listen, tell and it, it will be paralyzing to you. And so I kind of had to sneak behind myself around on the other side to, to like go to New York and just do it. Mm-hmm. Because I had so many, I was watching people thrive up here and I was like, if they are doing it, it's something to it. It's something I can do, I think. And so I came up here, and New York drop kicked me in my throat a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> but it has been incredible. And so I, I'm I'm on my, my number two Broadway. Hey, you are. What I'm, was your I'm, number I'm, one? Hey. Waitress. Hey. That's how you got your number one. Uh, waitress, uh, I have been auditioning for them for a year, near, 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 uh. years. <laughs> and, um, it, and things just didn't line up. And I was working at a diner called Ellen Stardust well, girl, yeah. I auditioned for them when I first got here, and they were like, "Oh, thanks, leave your resume." <laughs> and then they called me back three like a but couple months later. Broadway, but that was the thing that I wasn't. Then they called me back two days after I got my offer. Come on, look at God. <laughs> Won't he do it? Because God said I got a plan. Ah, ah. Hey. Okay, go ahead. So sorry, uh-huh. uh, but mm-hmm. I, I worked there for four years mm-hmm. and. Uh, singing around table like it was a regular thing so people videoing you while you were singing and serving sides of ranch to you know little ladies who uh-huh. were at the tables uh-huh. um, it, it was nothing so someone videoed me singing she used to be mine yes, they from did. Waitress it's got 9 million views check it out go to YouTube <laughs> right like, so now. It, it won't know nothing uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, that blew up and I ended up being on the Steve Harvey show from that and somebody oh, saw me on that and was like oh yeah I remember she auditioned we got a leave of absence coming up and Look so they God. brought me in to waitress and everybody was like oh, you went to waitress off a viral video no 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 no, no ma'am <laughs> that's reminded them of the work I'd already been doing hey say it so yeah that's that's how I'm here that's- look at God that is why I love this because I had no idea. Nobody could have told me y'all didn't study the art of the action and the singing and the dancing at the university. Mm-hmm. But this is proof that none of that actually matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, took dance and stuff growing oh, up. You're still learning, but it's but not people think formal. That one piece of paper yeah. is everything. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand that the seeds have been planted in other areas, yeah. through other people, through other ways, and that you can come to Broadway by the back road of the Baby. side piece of the underground. Because if God said you're going to get there, you're going to get there. Say, I ain't got room to say. run, Tiffany, man. Hey. I don't have room. We hey. got a table. <laughs> you better get to running under this table. Don't they have, like, treadmill seats? <laughs> you get, like... <laughs> Okay, so we know how you guys got to Broadway. Okay, so there are just a couple things as black women that I've been thinking about, marinating about. Mm -hmm. Hey. Surviving as black women in New York. Mm -hmm. Who... One of them is quite fun. I'm going to start with this one because it is, it's going to seem left, but <laughs> Tiffany is going to understand why it's not because Tiffany and I have had several <laughs> conversations about this being black women on Broadway in our DMs of the Instagram. And there was an article that was out a couple months ago that started from some tweets. And the tweet started with, 100% of black actors or actresses I've spoken to on this topic face the same thing in film and television. Hairstylists Baby. in our industry should have proper training and be able to show proof. <laughs> Too often, they begin to feel Figure it out the second we sit in the chair. Most black actors get their hair cut or style outside of set, mm-hmm. often at their own expense because Hollywood hairstylists are one size fit all and that all does not include black hair. Mm-mm. This has been my experience for the last 
20 years in the business and it has not changed at all. So here's the thing. There, there's so many misconceptions about Broadway. And number one of is that if you own Broadway, you are the master of your trade. People think, you know, I like to tell people Broadway is just 10 streets. It's just a zip code. It, mm-hmm. it, you think that, you know, if I come from a small town in wherever, when I get to Broadway, all the things that were problems in my small town will not exist anymore because mm-hmm. it's Broadway. And they don't understand that it's kind of a scam. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I mean, uh, <laughs> sorry. There uh. are some things about Broadway that are scams. And we can we don't have to name names of, 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 of the show or the where or the why, but I will start with myself because I was in a very fancy, uh, expensive show. And I was the only... <laughs> I was the only person who looked like me in this very fancy and expensive show. And this show did this thing where they styled your wig to be similar to your natural God-given hair, which I appreciate. Thank you so much. Uh-oh. I remember my original wig, y'all, when I tell you, because it's never the designer. Right. The designers know how to design the wigs normally. Mm-hmm. When I tell you my wig was so goddamn bomb, I looked like chocolate Amazonian warrior princess from um, Zamunda. <laughs> and the funny thing was, as soon as I put it on, I said, oh, this is going to get cut. Because I knew I looked too black and too beautiful. Mm -hmm. The texture was thick. It was luscious. It was full. And I was like, we were about to do a costume parade. And I was like, I I bet anybody $100 million, as soon as I walk out on stage, it's going to get cut. I walked out on stage. And the director did that sideways tilt where you put your ear on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and and he said, hmm. (laughs) And there was no more conversation. It was just, I had a wig appointment the next day. Mm -hmm. And it had been wet and braided down and tucked and pinned. And I said, fine, okay, it's fine. It still looked cute, but I knew they had taken some of my black girl magic away and it was fine. I remember knowing that this was going to be a show that I was going to be in for some time. And I just watched my wig die. That's the best way to put it, because the supervisor came to me and told me that he had no idea, that texture was not something that they learned. He literally said, oh, yeah, they don't teach us how to deal with texture hair. And I I remember back to my first New York show, which was Rent, Dang. where I had my first meeting with a hair person to discuss hair. And after they told me that they wanted me to do a big chop, not for my character, but because the director had hired too many women with the same silhouette. And by that, I mean he had hired like four mixed women or Hispanic women. So they all had loose curl pattern, big wavy hair. And he just wanted me not to have big hair. So he thought he could tell me that I needed to big chop. The way my jaw is in my lap right now. Secondly, when they told me that I needed to big chop, they showed me the pictures. And it was that coiled, big, like teeny weeny afro, but it's coiled. So mm-hmm. they thought that it just if I cut all so my hair off... I was going to have Pocahontas curls underneath it. So I'm trying to tell this man who is John Smith that I am not Pocahontas and that if you cut all of my hair off, it is not going to do that. And the man looked at me in the face and he said, sweetheart, I have been doing hair for 30 years. And I said, nigga, I've been black for 25. And you don't know anything about the hair that grows out of my scalp. Hello. So I flash back to this fancy show that I'm in and I'm watching my hair die. And we got to the point where the supervisor would put the wig on my head, put the two pins in it and look at me in the mirror and go, I know you're gonna fix it he just knew like he stopped working on it because mm, he knew he didn't know what be to do our job. and he just I just would go into my bag pull out my brush pull out my spritz I have videos of like before and after where I would just take just to just cause I wanted proof that I wasn't a crazy person right. 
Tiffany Mann hopped in my DMs <laughs> <laughs> at a show that she was doing. And I just, I, it, it like, it, it made me happy and smile just because black girls, like, we lean on each other mm-hmm. and we call on each other because we need to find the person who knows the struggle that we in, especially when mm-hmm. we're the only ones who yes. look like us in our shows. And she just was like, here I am at work early, styling my own wig because... Tiffany, tell me about. Talk to me about being a black woman on Broadway with having black hair. Well, having black hair. Well, well, uh, in this particular, the show I'm in now, mm-hmm. it is. It's been a pleasant experience. So I can say yes. this this specific show. Uh-huh. Um, I they really had a conversation about what my hair wanted to look like. Because at first, I think the idea was for me to have something slick mm. and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, if I'm a, if I'm gonna create this, uh-huh. I want her to have curls and I want her to be, you know, blackity blackity. <laughs> And so we talked about texture mm. and all that kind of stuff. And I really got a chance to talk with our hair team uh, who was, uh, they were sponges and ready to learn and mm-hmm. went home and watched YouTube videos and came with different products and this and that, does this work, blah, blah, yes. blah. But I think it's a shame that you can get a whole certificate huh. and not know anything about my skin or my hair. Listen Amen. to me. And how do you not know about an entire demographic? It ain't, this is 2019. It ain't new. Mm-hmm. We're not new to Broadway. Not at all. We've been doing this thing for a minute. So why have you uh, as an institution, mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. Not, gotten a, not gotten a curriculum for our hair? Hair, not Absolutely. just a day, yeah, a, an entire curriculum because it's different. And two, why you as a freelance artist don't take the time to go ahead and make some extra coin because you need our hair done too. Listen, Hello. and don't don't t- go ahead. You <laughs> no, I was just gonna say it's fascinating because the guy who does my hair has he has a podcast with one of his friends. Shut up. And they've actually talked about this. They have talked about how. Oftentimes, like, because he's black. So he's like, you know, I'll be working in a predominantly white salon or would be working in a predominantly white salon. And we would have black customers do walk ins and they would automatically want to come to me because I'm black. He's like, luckily, he did what he needed to do mm-hmm. to get his training and learn how to do black hair. But they don't teach it. They don't. They know. don't teach it in cosmetology school. They we don't. are. This is not. It is foreign. They don't know what to do with it. They but think I got they to can know all like about what hair. you are, who listen, you do. Right. But listen, in order for me to I got to know Dreamgirls right. and Carousel, huh? Hello. But you can only know how to curl Susie Q and Sarah and Susan. Mm-mm. I just don't understand. Because the thing that gets me, okay, so the institution is crap. Fine. But you as a hair whatever or a makeup whatever, you don't have the, the, like, the need or the desire mm-hmm. in your spirit to know how to do all hair? All? Be- I just don't understand. I don't y'all. understand, but here, here's here's what, what I had a conversation about this today. As black women, we always make an adjustment. Don't And always. we end up making other folks look good. So they never had to, because we not finna go out there looking look at like a boo-boo. Ha, ha, ha. So we will take the take the thing yes. and make it good. Yes. And they know we'll do that. Because we're not but gonna you know, sacrifice our self-worth to go out on stage looking like nothing to prove a point. But here's hey, the thing. That's... I have gotten to the point where I will. Tell us about that, Rashid. Because I don't know that I don't know that Because I have done Because you, you know what I've done shows Well one I did uh, uh-huh. Something That's fine uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't It wasn't theater Or musical related Okay But I did something And I went to the audition With my natural hair Uh huh Booked it With my natural hair And I showed And I said You know what Something tells me I'm gonna get on the set And they're not gonna know What they're doing uh-huh. So I brought my blow dryer I brought my diffuser, but mm-hmm. then I also brought my blow dryer because it's not a universal diffuser. And I said, what if this don't fit on a blow dryer? They have, if they have one. So let me just go on and bring uh-huh. my stuff. Uh-huh. Cool. Get there. They said, oh, um, can it, can it, I have, because see, here's Jesus, the thing. Jesus, Jesus. I have very soft hair. 
I can't, my hair can't fro. Uh-huh. Because it just parts in the middle and yes. just falls flat and then I just look crazy. Got it. However, I can kind of get it to do that for a little bit if I do some spray and I get my diffuser and my blow dryer and I got to st- stand upside down uh-huh. and pull it out and I got to do the yep. things and things. So she basically was asking if I could give it more shape. Got it. So I said, oh, I know exactly what you need. You got a plug? Let me plug this in. Did it. Then she looks at me. She's like, mm, now it's too big. I said, yeah, but here's the thing. It's threatening to rain and it's really humid and moist outside. Right. So it's going to shrink down. Yes, I it promise will. you it'll give you what you want. About an hour later, when we actually started doing what we were doing, it was perfect. The rain starts threatening. The day goes on. Y'all, I was on my last <laughs> setup of the day. Do y'all know it was a white woman and an Asian woman? And they had them out there. This woman took a can of holding spray, <sighs> shook it, Ooh. sprayed it in her hair, rubbed her hands together, and proceeded to start pulling. <laughs> And I'm like, I just felt everything in my soul shake up. (laughs) Oh, but it's even worse because she was doing it because my hair was frizzing. And I said, but you're making it worse. Oh, my God. You're disturbing my curl pattern and you're pulling it. And it's just going to make it frizzier. This isn't. But, you know, I got to keep my cool because I can't be angry black girl on set because it's the director. Of course. And everybody else is right there because they waiting for her to finish this so we can finish the shoot. (laughs) So what I have now started doing, uh-huh. I said, you know what? Gone of the day. This ain't my fight. This ain't my circus. Mm-hmm. Not my monkey. I don't make the rules. Uh-huh. I just go here. So you know what's going to happen? If you have me looking crazy and I know I look crazy, what I'm going to do is stand on stage and I'm going to let the director and the producers and everybody who has the responsibility of making all these decisions see it because that's not my job. I understand. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make somebody who's making these decisions look, look at that and say, mm-hmm. um, I don't quite look right. Yeah. Somebody needs to, how can we fix this? Yeah. Y'all figure it out. Yeah. And I will cont- I will more than gladly have the discussion with you and be a part of the discussion to yes. help figure out how to fix it. Also, if I'm looking crazy or if I feel like I'm looking crazy and no one has said, how can we fix this? Then I absolutely will whisper in somebody's ear, don't you think this looks crazy? <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't be the one to say this. So yeah. can you uh, yeah. maybe say something? Because I look crazy. And within a day or two, mm-hmm. if, if they don't see it themselves, within a day or two of me having that aside... Somebody is coming and saying, can we look at this yes. and mm-hmm. figure it out? Absolutely. Because it's not that's and it's not our responsibility. It's, it I feel like it's easier to do when you're setting up a show and when you are around the creatives right. to be able to have the rapport and the relationship with mm-hmm. them to say, y'all, this looks crazy. Mm-hmm. Nobody else sees this. Mm-hmm. Like, no, nah, no, nah, baby, this ain't it. No, nah, come here, sugar. Right. Get, get your spray bottle. But you don't always get that opportunity. You right. Because it, it's and I feel like it's easier because then the wig designer and the team, mm-hmm. everyone knows at a certain point what it's supposed to look like, mm-hmm. and that's the standard. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean, that does not mean that you're going to come in for every eight shows and it's going to continue to look like that Absol- because, again, well, the designers aren't the people who are there every there day. There you go. Yep. But Jesus. what can happen is we all know that this is the standard that has been set for this look. Mm-hmm. So when it's not looking like that, that gives me the authority to then go to stage management. Hey, uh, so you see what's on my head right now? Uh-huh. You see this picture that I took on the first day that we figured out what it's supposed to look like? Um, one does not look like the other. Uh-huh. How are we right. going to fix this? You're right. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about hair types. Ooh. Now we want to talk about something that, it's a question that I get asked so so much, especially black, black women. Up and coming, young, still in college black women, it's about type types. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, the question we get asked the most is, 
when you are a black woman of a special type, you don't look like everybody, you don't sound like everybody, you taller or shorter, or you are built like J Hood, but you sound like Audra. <laughs> people are trying to find where they fit in, get in where they fit in. Now, mm-hmm. the way I would ask answer the question now is not the way I would answer it ten years ago mm-hmm. when I was fresh in New York. I was on every set doing everything whatever people needed to do singing whatever because I'm trying to learn the business I'm trying to get my reputation out here I'm trying to let people know who I am now in this the Jesus year where I currently am in the year of our Lord I have zero fucks to give I walk into the room and I say this is who I am and you can either buy it or you can leave me on the shelf because I've worked too hard and I know who I am and I am I'm confident in number one the tools and the gifts that the Lord has given me and I know that I know how to tell a story I can sing a song I can act a monologue I I know where I fit in but I understand that it is something that people struggle with Mm -hmm. is trying to figure out especially as black women because number one our options are fewer Mm -hmm. than the Kelly O'Hara's the roles they're just not that many and as black women what has been your journey with figuring out where you belong do you has it been the same? Have you start? Did you come in in New York like this is who I am? Did you grow into it? Are you still figuring it out? Is it different at every audition? Have you decided to play against it or play into it? Do you say, well, I'm only gonna go in for the J Hood Fantasia types because that's what they want, or do you say, no, I want to go in for the Kelly O'Hara roles? How have you guys navigated types when it comes to black women in a white world and a white industry? Um, well, when I first came, I, I, you know, was still had an institutionalized sort of mindset mm-hmm. in regards to theater. And so I was like, I can only do this and they're only going to understand this. And so I made sure to only play into the funny big girl who mm. sang and holla and da, 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 da. And, and as I went on and as I got to know myself mm-hmm. and as I got to know my craft and my worth, I understood that. I'm a storyteller, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And whatever that means, whatever I decide it, it means, that's what I want to do. And and I made decisions about the types of stories that I want to tell. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, I, me and my agent had a talk. I no longer tell stories about big girls who are sad about being big girls. Work. I'm like, I don't want to do that because that's not the truth that I want to put out there. That's not the stuff that I want to, the kind of work I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell the stories that I want to tell. Got it. And so... Um, Type be damned. They, hey. they, they real. They, I, I'm, I had to help them realize. Sometimes you got to go in the room and just show them. Yes. Because they have also been institutionalized as far as their th- their thinking and Absolutely. their type. Absolutely. So you got to go in there and show them. No, I do this and this and that and whatever needs to be done to tell the story. Come on. That's what we do. Because a lot of times I've been told this creatives don't have that much imagination. No. They get Surprisingly. It in their minds that oh well she is is it's written like this so that means she's a blonde girl about five four and it's because no one ever told them that it could be a chocolate girl who was 5'10". Right. They just never saw it. They were never introduced to it so they don't even understand it or comprehend it. Yeah. Then you walk in the room and you shake their whole shit up because they couldn't even believe that somebody who looked like you could tell the same story. Yeah. And, and there's different well. nuances. We bring different yes. things to the table. Absolutely. Some richness. Come on. Come on. Some we bring sickness. Some... Mm-hmm. We bring out. the blood, sweat, and tears of our ancestors <laughs> who built this country. Jesus. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You know, okay, so true story about my journey. Uh, My first ever audition in New York City was for Disney Cruise Lines. And so I got my agents from a friend that I used to work with on one of my cruise contracts. He decided he didn't want to perform anymore, so he started working as an assistant at this agency office. I walked in, and I said, self, 
all they want is Disney. They just want a black girl who can scream. So y'all, no lie, my 16 bar audition was Prey. Wait, <laughs> from what's on this island? I literally just walked in the room section. and I said, Prey, 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 Prey. And that was it. <laughs> and, uh, but let's be honest, and I because told, nine times out of ten, ain't that all they actually want? But I'm that uh, and then I took I told my friend he's like oh god that's great so what'd you now, granted this was when I was still in college right <laughs> and I told him he said okay so uh, let me see your book <laughs> and the so first thing he did was take that out brilliant. and he threw it away <laughs> brilliant he said okay but here's the thing because what I know about you from working with you is you can tell a story yes. so yes they want to see you sing mm-hmm. but really they want to see you tell a story mm-hmm. yes so thankfully, I had a real friend who said, "What mm, you're not gonna do is that." <laughs> the underline was, "What you're not gonna do is because I'm the reason that you with this office, and what you ain't gonna do what is you embarrass, embarrass me." <laughs> because we have Tony winners in this office, and what you not about to do is walk up into a no. But I went from that to, oh, Jesus. and this isn't even me trying to be braggy, but thankfully, my resume right now is full of atypical. Mm-hmm. I went from, like I said, Disney stuff, so you automatically think like think clean cut and safe, mm-hmm. to Avenue Q, right. to Finian's Rainbow, which was kind of a surprise Broadway transfer from Encores, which is mo- known for, at least that was a very, I think, thir- 2030s era, like, more legit musical, uh, to Hair, mm. which is just rock out fun, mm-hmm. sister act, beautiful this uh, mm-hmm. ain't too proud but the real like just monkey wrench in there was I had the absolute honor of working with this director Danny Goldstein who was this what three years ago now he was approached by Goodspeed Opera House to direct a, a production of Anything Goes and his one condition was that he was not going to do it unless Reno could be a woman of color. Of course. Mm. Because he said, the one thing that has always driven me crazy about this show is that in that time, the only thing a black woman would have done is be a lounge singer. Yeah. So why is she always Lily White? Listen. And he said, that first breakdown went out and every single office sent their typical Lily White. Of course. And he had to go back to them and say, no, I said women of color. Hello. Hello, I said what I said. I said what I said. <laughs> and in honor of Danye, who ain't here to say, come through! Come through, come diversity! Through. Come through, niggas! Come through. <laughs> <laughs> niggas. <laughs> so yeah, so he went, but he went back and said, no, I said women of color. Mm. And it, it, he also was, he worked with me. I went in, you know, and I mean, and again, not a black person in the show so I ain't know I ain't seen no anything goes right. it's like well, okay Cole Porter not. cool okay so I went in just reading the sides as Rashidra uh-huh. and he called my agency and they said uh, he wants to know if it's okay can we give him your number so he can call you he wants to have just like a discussion with you about it before your call back okay cool called me and he gave me a list of slapstick comedies to mm. watch and I took that, I wrote it all down, took my notes while I was talking to him and wrote it all down and basically whatever I could find because I was, uh, no, nah, I wasn't unemployed at the time, but you know, I was on that good old uh, production minimum uh-huh, contract, uh-huh. so I still ain't making all that much money. And that's another topic for another day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I went down to whatever I could find for free on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. or Netflix or whoever. Mm-hmm. I just watched a bunch of them 
and took that speed and that pace and what I learned from how they talked, I took that into my callback. And but I also went in there singing an Ella Fitzgerald bebop song. Of course you did, because why wouldn't you? So I was like, why not? Yes, you know. But so it's all of that to say, as you say, defying stereotypes. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily see myself in any sort of box. Mm-hmm. I've always said that I can kind of be a chameleon. I pretty much just need you to tell me what you want me to be and what you want out of it, and I will do my best to find myself in that so that I can give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know. I mean, I can sit here and be like the bougie little bougie old little black girl from next door. Uh-huh. <laughs> or you but can. I can also give you a very, I grew up in a predominantly white area Absolutely. with an 11% minority rate as the highest. So which one you want? <laughs> because we can do it all. We're Unlike, storytellers. That's on. it. That's at the root of who we are. And I think the problem is it's those who are in control of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I asked this next question because you said this earlier. You said, Tiffany, you wanted, you are in more control of the stories that you are telling. Mm-hmm. Are you creating your own work? If God confirmed it one more time, <laughs> literally, like, I've been like, God, send me a sign. He has slapped me in the face this past week, I promise you, because multiple people have asked me, yes. are you doing your own work? Because we want and it. And when I say that fear thing is paralyzing, Girl, well. that fear thing is paralyzing, but it, it it's selfish uh-huh. to do that, because I, today, I, you know, in the rain, in my Uber on my way to work, I listened to Sister India Ari. Yes. Yes. Wait, which one? Uh, it was it was Songversation, yes. uh-huh. and it was a uh, uh, um, uh, Soul Bird. Yes, yes. ma'am, Soul Bird uh-huh. Yes, hey. and see your eyes. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and um and I just kept thinking, <laughs> that's it. I am getting so much from what this artist has poured into her work, uh-huh. and I, you know, your, that dad will tell you like. There's so many songwriters out here. You know, there's so many people doing something. They done wrote all the songs that is to be sung. But can't nobody say it how you say it. Mm. Can't nobody say it and sift it through the things and your experiences, all that kind of thing. So I'm I'm talking to myself. myself. All of that to say, um, I am working on my own things, uh, finally. And uh, uh, to tell my story. (laughs) Can we sing background songs? I'm going uh, to just put that out Child, there right now. I, I, I like, because it's, it's time. <laughs> it is. It's time. It is. And, and I was worried about a lot of folks' feelings. Because mm. I, I ain't got no choice. But when I, when I tell my, my art, I tell the truth. And you might hurt, step on some toes. And I might step on some toes and, and might hurt okay. some feelings. And I was like, I'm going to just tell the truth. Uh-huh. That's all I can do. Uh-huh. So, um, come on, confirmation. Uh-huh. That's why I'm I am working on, yeah, I'm working on my own stuff. Okay. Hey shaking in my boots girl, girl when I tell you I picked up my phone because I was trying to scroll through maybe about a week ago I was texting a friend of mine almost that exact same thing mm. a friend of mine finally came to see the show and was texting me and was just like I, why because I've been talking to him four and a half maybe going on five years now mm-hmm. about creating my own like one woman cabaret yes. whatever mm-hmm. show stand for them ladies and I I legit have been talking to him about this for five years. Yes. And he came to see the show last week and was like, seriously, what? why, why aren't you doing this yes. yet? Like, mm-hmm. what, what? I'm here and ready. What yes. are you What are you waiting for? I'm waiting for you. And I legit just texted him. I said, you know, same thing, confirmation. I said, I for all of this time, I've been hearing people say it. Mm-hmm. And every single time I think about doing it, all I can think of is the types of voices and I'm pointing at both of y'all because mm-hmm. y'all both got them voices that I just want to rip a cord out but I'm like I just constantly think about the voices that 
I think are so much better than mine. Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. I ever think about is, don't nobody want to hear me? Because why you want to hear me when you can have that? Oh, that? Like, why? The, the riches and the tones and the things and the stuff. <laughs> and the things. Like, why? Why? Donkey why? And I, you know, and I finally, I said, this experience right now is really pouring into me that it doesn't matter someone and someone is going to want to hear mm-hmm. what I have somebody to say in the to, way that I want to say it. To somebody needs it. to hear you. And so now, I, same thing, yes, I'm finally getting off my butt and trying to, yeah. One of my mentors the other day came and looked me dead in my eye because he asked me, are you working on your, your own stuff? And I was like, yeah, I'm about to, I'm going to come. I'm just gonna, <laughs> and then we're like, because I just, and he said, do you know who you are? Ooh, hey, oh, I, I was like, yeah, I, I know, I know who, but he said, see, the problem is you don't know who you are. Everybody else know who you are and they making money off you. Everybody else making Woo! money off you. Uh, I can't drink this water fast enough to throw the empty bottle at you. Uh, <laughs> I just threw a full bottle. Didn't care. Didn't care. I thought it's capped at you. But I'm telling you, that thing snatched you. Man. Speaking of wigs, that thing is snatched. (laughs) I said, that's amazing. Yes, sir. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yikes. That's a, Tiffany, that's a whole word. Yikes. That's a whole word. Do you know who you are? Ooh. Everybody else do. Why y'all think y'all ain't in the rooms that y'all are in? Because everybody sees it. Mm. Every how, 17 and a half Broadway shows clearly have okay, a, I still want to know what a half is. That, that means because it ain't done yet. You know what I mean? You're still in it. Clearly, there is something that these people see that you... How long were you off the, the boat? August to November? And you was on Broadway? Heffa, clearly there is something there. Mm-hmm. That but you the know, it's one thing for people wanted. to say. But that's the thing. Because the thing about it is I was the same way. People kept telling me, kept telling me, I wasn't ready. I know I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. It took me being in a very fancy, expensive show <laughs> that, you know, I was... I had never made that much money, but I had never been that uh, depressed. Mm. It took me going to a job that did not fulfill me. Leslie Odom Jr. told me a long time ago, he said, just because it feeds you doesn't mean it feeds you. Hey, hey. And my bank account was fat and my soul was empty. Baby. Mm. And I would come home every night after doing that show and I would sing in my bathroom for two and three hours because there was just something in me that was not, I was not getting the the opportunity to perform at my highest. Mm -hmm. That job was requiring nothing of me. Mm -hmm. And I had to fall on my face and be so depressed and so down to be like, Okay, so you finally gonna do what people have been telling you to do? Mm-hmm. You finally gonna give yourself the opportunity because I was married to the image of the way I wanted it to happen. I wanted them to write the show. I wanted someone to see me in Central Park and be like, "Oh my God, it's you! You're a mm-hmm. star. I'm writing a show for you." And here's your Tony. Mm-hmm. And now you can go have a house in the hills. And because I wanted it to happen like that, and it wasn't happening like that, I was denying everything else, mm-hmm. all of my skills, all of my gifts, all of my talents, mm-hmm. because I wanted it to happen a certain way. And it was that show that depressed me and broke me down. I was finally ready mm-hmm. to tell my story. Mm-hmm. And I can see it. Both of y'all have been through the fire, the rain, hail, sleet, and the snow. Mm. The and fire. now you are ready to tell your story because the people want to hear it. Yeah. And I just had that conversation with one of the girls in my show now where we were backstage and she was just, you know, every once in a blue moon, it's fun and mm-hmm. we love what we do and mm-hmm. we have a passion for what we do. But yes. every once in a while, your spirit don't want to go in that building. Yeah. <laughs> And your heart Listen, just does not, you don't want to. people do not understand. And it's not on a ma- Broadway. Right. How could you not? And it's not a matter of being ungrateful. It's being real and it's being honest. And she was having one of those moments and we were talking. I said, you know what? The one thing that has been saving me from that 
I don't I don't concern myself with the bull and with the outside stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, you see me? Mm-hmm. I'm down in that basement because we got to sing these offstage vocals. Mm-hmm. And I'm down in that basement. And I am constantly thinking about next for me. Absolutely. Whether it's this EP that I'm saying I'm going to do for a few mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's it's actually going to happen. She said she's going to do an EP. I have accountability. Uh-huh. I am. Uh-huh. Okay, y'all hold me accountable. Oh, I will. I'll sing smooths and eyes for you. Uh, okay, we'll we'll okay here, and it's going to be an exchange. We're going to okay, do ooze eyes. Accountability. Look what just happened. Hey. Look what just happened. Hey. Hey. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, and then this friend of many years who he legit, like, since he saw the show, legit just said to me yesterday, was like, okay, so I got this thing, and I'm working with this orchestra in a few months, Mm -hmm. and so, and I'm having him arrange everything, and he flat out was like, cool, so I'm gonna use these people, and we gonna record the music for your thing, and then we gonna get you in the studio. Sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you need somebody to come in your life and just slap you in the teeth. You know, and do some of the things. For, like I mean, they have my teeth with the uh, love of Christ with braces. And stuff. You, I, that's it. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes you need somebody to grab you by your trachea and say you stupid. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna come in and tell you what you need to do because you just don't know. Pretty mm-hmm. much, because God gives us all the gifts and the talent. We just be sitting there looking like boo boo fool. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to grab me and say, okay, you don't know what to do. So I'm gonna tell you is you just stand here, sing the things, and say the words. We are here today. We are in this room. I have looked you and I. I have looked you and I. I'm holding both of y'all accountable. I'm texting. I'm checking in on y'all. I, I when I did my one woman show, three people have since done theirs because I held them accountable. Hey. I said, mm-hmm. you saw mine. I can do what you. So both of y'all, the EP, the GP, the God's GP. <laughs> are you with me? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everything is happening. Stone. Okay. We. I'm checking in. Okay? Oh yeah. Right. We okay. have the church. Right. I'm glad we did that. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Done. One more thing because. I brought y'all in because y'all are on two different sides of the spectrum of this uh, next situation. Um, I was talking with a friend yesterday, and we were talking about successful black women in our business. And one thing that we do not often see, there's not a lot of examples of it, are black women who have all the things, the successful career and the successful family marriage children. <laughs> now one of you has a ring on it and the other one of you doesn't. And so I brought y'all in here because <laughs> I want to know as black women in 2019 so for those of you who don't know Rashida is married to a wonderful man. He alright. Okay. <laughs> and Tiffany is uh, has a cat. <laughs> The fact that that is exactly what I was going to say lets you know how much I adore this. And we see so many women out here who either have one or the other, but not a lot who have all of it. And I want to know, Rashida, especially from you, there was a point in time where you didn't have a ring on it. Girl. And you was probably in these streets looking at these crazy uh, men who was crazy. And somehow you got to where you are now. Baby. And Tiffany and I are not there yet. We are not. We are... (laughs) Y'all know how I I got here. I know Tiffany is, you know, in the fight as long as I is with it. I am. And so... I want to discuss dating and marriage. Here's the thing. I am probably uh-huh. the last person. Okay, here's my true story. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I that last ship contract, I was with a man that I had been with since the first one. And I'm sure he won't faithful to me the whole time. Oh, but, you know, because ship life. But whatever. I was young and dumb and whatever. It's fine. <laughs> He healed. He healed me like the Indian. Yeah, India. 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 Also, uh, if you haven't heard worthy, 
get on it. Listen. Because, baby. But can I tell y'all something? Um, the, uh, she's going to be in New York on June 9th, and I know hey. it's a fancy night for y'all, but I'm not going to win a Tony, so I'm going to be at the Beacon. Uh-uh. And I hope y'all all win all y'all things, but I'm going to be at the Beacon with Indy Irene. Uh, keep uh, talking. Uh, <laughs> uh, gonna, uh, here's the thing. I ain't going to be at the Tony's. I'm going to be at the party. So uh, oh, maybe man. I could. Uh, no. Okay, so Love. so real talk, real uh, legit. I came here broken hearted mm. but freshly healed. Mm. Ooh, I need to throw another bottle. <laughs> here, this is <one's> empty, <laughs> but it still got it might have some trick with it. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? I who uh I you know how sometimes God says don't go there and we say, Nah, I'm good, I'ma still go here. <laughs> and then things happen in life. And then we and God why said, they happen that's that why I said don't go there. Uh-huh. But now I'ma fix the mess that you done created because you ain't wanna wow. listen to me in the first place. Wow. Uh so yes, so wow. I met this man when I was freshly broken. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was like a year into broken, but mm-hmm. I had just realized that I was broken. Yeah, yeah. And he came to me and I had my walls. I said, well, this happened to me. And that was me throwing my walls up because I was my heart said, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve love. Mm-hmm. I don't, and, and that started seeping into I'm not worthy and don't deserve love to Oh well, you're also not good enough for these other jobs, and so you're on this ship. But mm. this is the this is the height of it. This is as good as it gets for Ooh. you. Mm-hmm. And I had said that to other guys in the months before, and he's the first one who, instead of closing the door and walking away, said, "I'm so sorry." I literally said this to him at my cabin door, and he pushed the door open and was like, "I'm so sorry." Walked into the room and sat on the floor right in front of my bed and mm. was like, "Let's talk about it." Mm. I hadn't said anything to anybody about it. He didn't run away. And I'm talking, y'all, when I tell you, I would go to sleep or try to go to sleep and be laying in that bed, just crying myself to sleep. Mm-hmm. And because we were on a ship and I was in one of the rooms with a twin bed, so he would always have me sleep on the inside so that if the ship listed, he'd be the first one to hit the floor. Aww. But that also meant that the tissues were on the nightstand next to him. <laughs> so I'd be laying down trying, just crying, just can't, you know when you're crying so hard and you nose all it, you can't breathe and I'm just like. And you're on a ship so it's rocking you right. side to side. And I'm That's just sitting there and I'm trying to cry quietly because he's asleep and I'm just like. Because <laughs> I can't breathe and I'm choking. And I'm trying to reach over to get the tissues and without hitting them and then sting. And then finally, after like the fifth reach, I would just slowly climb over him out of the I... bed. Y'all, the number of morning, the number of nights that that man would find me either in my bathroom crying. Mm. There were a couple times I legit cried myself to sleep in the middle of my floor. Like mm. I just got my extra sheets and pull, put them around me and just literally would just be in a ball, just curled up, sobbing myself to sleep. Mm. And he would wake up three, four o'clock in the morning. Are you okay? What do you need? Pick me up off the, literally pick me up off the floor, get me back in the bed and hold me until I cried myself to sleep again. He would get up at seven o'clock in the morning to go to work, come back about an hour after he clocked in and say, are you good? Do you need me to have my, ask my manager for the day off? Mm -hmm. He knew I was so depressed I wasn't eating. He would go on his lunch break. He would either call or come by my room and be like, come on, you coming with me. You need to eat. Like he, when I tell you this man healed me. My God. And he was the first time that I said, oh, I am worthy of love. So when that relate, but I also knew reason, season, lifetime. I know that the reason for him being in my life was to heal me and prepare me for the now. I'm pointing to the, the now because he him did good. Um, <laughs> and, and, but we, we've actually talked about that because both of us have been through some not so fun relationships. Mm-hmm. And we both have talked about how 
we are very, we're both very grateful for the crazy that we've individually been through because yes. it made us the people that we are to be prepared to prepare us for each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have a better understanding of what we want and who we are as individuals and what we want out of our partners. Yes. And you know, and so we both we talk about that periodically, but baby, when I tell you just went from dating one dude and then being like, Mm-mm, "I'm going on a, I'm on a man fast. I'm not doing this." I, nope. And then I had another friend who said, "Okay, you need to get over this." And so she introduced me to somebody else, and then that you know we dated for a little bit, and then that was that. And I was in the middle of, oh baby, I think I was about seventeen months. I did one stint that was like twenty something months, and another stint that was about seventeen months. Mm-hmm. And I was, I think this one was about the seventeen month stint. Uh huh. And this was during Sister Act, and I would get home and I would write in my journal every day because I, I pray through writing in my journal. Yeah. And I, I had the revelation of, you know, we all sit here talking about I want my Boaz, but uh, while I'm sitting here single and fasting and abstaining from things, uh, I need to make sure that am I the type of person who can not only attract him, but can I keep him? Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, so God, I'm going to change my prayer and I'm going to change my mind and my heart and I'm not so focused on getting that man. Mm-hmm. I'm more focused on fixing myself and mm-hmm. preparing myself to be the person who can keep him. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's one thing to get it. Mm-hmm. But then when you really start digging under the surface, what, what else you got under there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And baby, the way God said, okay, well, I got one for you. Because, you know, he is he's a jokester up there. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> he is a comedian. I did this show called Sister Act. Uh-huh. And we had these, part of our costume were these veils that were elastic in the back and like a, not cardboard, but for lack of a better word, let's say cardboard, like shaped cardboard at the front. But the fabric matched our body costumes, mm-hmm. the habits. But it was the exact same fabric. That was some heavy fabric, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't realize, Broadway's hard, you guys. <laughs> um, I think, and I only know this because I was friends with someone in the wardrobe department, they weighed our veils because the the weight of them, depend, the length, depended on your height because it was more about they wanted them to hit a certain part on your body. Got it. So if you were taller, you had more fabric. The weight of our ve- the average weight of those veils was 1.5 pounds. Goodness. Just one and a half pounds uh-huh. of fabric that's only attached really to something on the front part of your head that's swinging and hanging behind you, Jesus. and we scrouting for Jesus yes. and doing a whole bunch of neckography. Yes. So we sit here like, <laughs> just broken. Yeah. And I'm but lit, so I always joke, and I'm like, well, you know, I had a great time at Sister X, still in touch with half them people, so mm-hmm. great. But I always joke, and I'm like, well, you know, one good thing that came out of that show trying to kill me by breaking my neck was I met my husband. Cool. I love that. Because he worked at the physical, th- the company that was doing our physical therapy. And also, I thought he was gay when I first met him. <laughs> so the way that I would roll up in there with my wig on, and because they were working on my neck, I would get on the table you and had just. You good brawn, didn't you? No. Uh oh. Because I thought he was gay. <laughs> uh, the, oh, it gets even better. The way that I would roll up in there with my wig, my little uh, $30 synthetic wig from Beauty 35. Yes, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> that I would repurchase every few months when yes, she started to get it. It was warm. cute and you needed to She was real cute. Ah. And uh, I would just take her off and literally roll her in a ball inside out and put her at the end of the <laughs> table and lay on the table. Just five day old wig prep because y'all, here's the secret. I only do my wig prep once a week. Tuesday. Come on. That's it. Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, what you say? I got time for that. What you got to say? 
this is only out because my girl told me, taught me a way to prep my hair so it can maintain the curls. But I don't take Listen. this thing out. So, you know, I'd be in there on a Friday. This prep's about four days old. And I'm like, well, you getting funky hair, sweaty hair, because I done done all these shows oh. and understudy rehearsal, and you watching me take this wig off and roll it into a oh ball at God. the end of the table. And for some reason, he was dumb enough to still be like, hmm, she real cute. <laughs> Uh, but I will say, you know, that made it a whole lot easier. The first time I spent the night, and I said this to him the next I morning. The next morning, I said, wow, this is probably like the easiest first spend the night ever, ever that I've had. Because there was no explaining this is a wig and how do I, you know, there's always that moment where you're like, how do yeah. I take this hair off? Do I just sleep in it? But uh, it's like, okay, but I just took this wig out the pack, though. It's not quite time to replace her, but if I sleep in it, it's a gone. So what? Uh, I didn't have to worry about any of that. It was great. It was great. And, you know, our joke is he's about, his base is about 17% gay. So I could uh, always ask him, like, how does this outfit look? And I it's can't. cool. You know, he's, he's <laughs> you're a fool. He, well, <laughs> Tiffany, <laughs> I know you have Sir Cat. Right. I have you, see a picture. Are you dating in this? Okay, so when I first got to New York, yeah. like three weeks in, I was here. I lived in Washington Heights with mm-hmm. all the most delicious, beautiful Baby. Dominican men. Baby. And one of them snapped, snatched me right on up. Hey. Hallelujah. And we dated for three years. Hey! What? Hey. He and I dated for three years. And two of those years were really, really great. But that third year, I think, started taking off of me in the city. Mm. And he had no understanding about, well, why y'all rehearsal so long? Mm-hmm. Or, what do you mean you got to go out of town? Or, you know, y- you got to work six days a week? And all that kind of stuff. So it became incredibly difficult to maintain that. Mm. And uh, long story, he was, he, it, it just, it was really, 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 really bad. Mm. And so I had to find the strength to leave mm-hmm. um, because only three weeks in New York was without him. Mm-hmm. And so a lot wow. of my identity in this city included him. Mm-hmm. And so I had to find who I was here, how I lived, and, and you know, learn how to do stuff around the house by myself Listen. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I installed all my own door knives. Yeah, And build my own shelf and my own, new place. Like Jill and Scott, on. you can probably, you're a thing. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and so uh, now the challenge I'm finding right now is like, when am I supposed to date? Because I... I <laughs> I'm at the show. I'm, I live at the theater. Right. Listen, girl, but and how about, y'all, have y'all tried to see, I've had some other people suggest this. I don't know, because I'm a grandma, so I don't <laughs> ever knew done. But, uh, you know, I'd have had some people say, get real cute on a Monday, or maybe even a Sunday, but a Monday uh-huh. after work, five, six, seven o'clock, uh-huh. and go down to some of these bars down here in the financial That's district. what you know everybody what tells really? me. They say my people at the, the Four Seasons in the financial district. This, okay. Apparently, that's what you do, because then they got, they got the money, they paid, right. they, they got the job, their lawyer you job, got the and security. they drink after they lawyer right. job. Oh. So they go to the hotel, and they had a little drink. But then my thing is, but when do we actually have our relationship? Because if they nine to five, I'm basically five to nine. But right. you I, do what I did when you, you text me and asked me if I could do this. What was the first First thing I said. What you say? Let me check and make sure my husband don't have anything planned for us because right. we only have Sunday evening and, and Monday. Monday. Mm-hmm. That's it. Got it. So this relationship, because it's the same thing. He's a massage therapist. Half of Broadway knows him. He yes. don't touch half of Broadway. We just don't talk about it because it could be awkward and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, like legit, people are like, "How do you guys deal with the fact that he's like touching naked people all the time?" We're like, "We don't talk about it. It's not awkward <laughs> until you ask that question." <laughs> oh my just don't god. Don't think about it. But no, like it just. I, 
Yeah. It's it. He has, and people are mad at me because everybody wants to get treated on a Monday and he has made Monday his day off. I love that. Because it's the only time we see each other. He yeah. naturally wakes up at 545 in the morning. I've been in, in bed for two and a half hours at that point. Yeah. I ain't waking up. Okay, so Tiffany, we gonna get Q one day, and we gonna go. Yeah, we gonna get Q one day, and, and we do should it. go to the thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> me, look, me and hubby will be your wingman because he's he's like I said, he's seventeen percent gay anyway, oh, and he, we're kind of the same person, but not. Okay. So you know, like we gotta bring him too, okay. so he because he can translate. What we feeling, right? Okay. Because that seventeen percent really helps, and then the I rest of them you. is like full man, uh-huh. and so he'd be like, "Okay, I know this is what you're thinking, but this is what he really means." So you, because you, you okay. need that, okay. right? Because okay. they be speaking it's, man it's talk, that, right? Okay, okay. We, you know what? <laughs> Let me just say that this has been some of the most fun I have had on Off Book. We need to do this more often. Yes, um, Danya and Drew, you're not needed. Bye. Um, I mean, uh, what? <laughs> as we wrap up this episode, first of all, I just hope y'all appreciate the amount of Black Girl Magic that we have talked about. Her, we have talked about men, we have talked about how to sing and be fantastic. Ew. And you don't need a degree and you can still be amazing even if you just got a cat or if you put a (laughs) ring on it. Like, we have discussed so many things in such a small amount of time. Ladies, before we leave, if there is one piece of advice, either something you found out later and wish you had found out before you got here, something you are still learning, something you want to impart to the youth of America, leave a little baby gem. It could be anything as foolish or as serious as you want it to be. Are you, okay, y'all both looking at me, so it's me. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the things that I have been meditating on as of late is art is a reflection of the human experience, but you're a human first, so mm-hmm. take care of your human. Mm-hmm. And that's something that that I think we all as artists, we, we're on the ground, we're on the hustle, yes. we're going and going, but we don't, we got to stop and take care of yourself. And if you got to say no to some things and no to some people yes. to protect your peace, do that. It is important and it is imperative for your art to thrive. Absolutely. You've got to be a whole person and be taken care of. You can't tell the story if you have alive, half Hello. broke, half yeah. dead. I just yeah. said that to Absolutely. somebody in the show. Yeah. I said, look, here's the thing. If you're not feeling well. Yeah. Don't push yourself for sake of these people because yes. what's going to happen, you're going to push yourself and break yourself and they're going to say, thank you so much, next. Because yes. people think that, whole oh, the show must go on. Yeah, that's not so much because the show will go on without you because you did. Absolutely. They will find someone to replace you who mm-hmm. has better knees and, and ain't all jacked up. They'll that's give not. you, uh, they might dim the theater lights and they will give you oh. a 30 second uh, seconds of silence. and. <laughs> I was like, you meant the lights when people die. I hate you, Rashid. <laughs> what do you want to leave with the people, Rashid? <laughs> I'm just saying. Or, you know, uh, in the case of, uh, it was a Kyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually framed his bio from the show mm. and because we ladies are in the ensemble boys dressing room, we actually have that up in our dressing room. Beautiful. You might get that. Um, I can't tell well, the people what you uh, want to the tell people, them. Tell the people. The people, so the people, let me see. There's a couple things I want the people okay. to know. One, I want the people to know, don't burn bridges. Mm. B, figure out who your nice self is and be that with everybody. Yeah. Because you, we just never know where people are going to end up. Like yes. I said earlier, I got my agents because a guy I worked with saw my work ethic. Mm-hmm. He was a peer. He was somebody that I goofed off with on stage and off all the time. I had no clue that he was going to come back to New York and say, I don't actually want to do this performing thing anymore. Mm -hmm. And I told, I just happened to text him to let him know I was coming into town to visit. And he said, let me know when, because I've already told the office about you. Love. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Yes. Also something that I'm finding, I feel like it's kind of starting to become a theme 
overall that I would love to catch on is for us as women, particularly women of color, to always have each other's backs. Absolutely. Especially being in such a male-heavy show right now, Mm. it's something that I am finding and have been finding imperative to my sanity is you know and there there will be little micro things that happen that we're looking at each other side out like did nobody else pick up on that mm-hmm. and we'll say something to the guys and they're like we had no clue and so now we're at that point where we'll start saying something or we just aren't quiet if somebody says something or something happens in rehearsals we'll just be like oh this again oh this <sighs> yeah and then one of the guys will hear us and then they'll speak up. Mm. Because that's the thing. I think we often think that we're alone. And so we think much like, you know, femininity is much like racism. There are all these microaggressions and we be walking around thinking we crazy. Yeah. And all it actually yeah. takes is opening your mouth to realize somebody else sees it. Yes. But nobody wanted to say anything because yes. the aggression isn't happening to them. So they don't feel it's their place to say anything. Come but on. as soon as we open our mouths, they're like, but I'm with you. And you realize that you have solidarity. Mm-hmm. Yes. We can't throw each other under the, other, under the bus. Yes. We have got to be there for each other and protect ourselves first. Be the example that we want from the world. Mm-hmm. We The world is going to treat us how we treat ourselves. Mm-hmm. The world is going to treat us how we treat each, each other. other. Come on. We are all we have, and we can never forget that. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That's it. She just talked corner. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that there were. I mean, I did know that there were people more fooled than me, but I didn't know I was going to have them both on the show at the same time on the same day. <laughs> That's your fault. You did this. I did. Birds of a feather. What? what? We Episode. If you're listening right now, just at me tomorrow and let me know that this is the best episode you ever heard. That Drew and Danya can go on the applause. Bye. 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 We don't need you. Oh, wait. Was it was the last one? What week was it? They talking about it's the Drew and Danya show. Uh, y'all have been replaced. Bye. It is Bye. now Bye. the Bye. Tiffany, Rashidra, Amber show. Bye. Was you a bird flocking in the corner? Yeah. Okay. You know what? On that note, um, I love you all so much. This is the last time you will hear from me until our live show, which will be, when is that? Uh-oh. June 10th? Hey. That is. You know, Andrew Shade, next week, he'll come with his Captain Light Skinness and he'll be giving you all the details, but whatever. No one cares. We're not listening. Blah, blah, blah. Come through, Captain Light Skin. I'm um, Captain Light Skin and nigga, nigga, nigga. Oh, that's what I call Danya. We'll be back <laughs> soon enough. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. It will be called The Amber Show, dot, 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 done. Because who else do you need but me? Hashtag me, hashtag chocolate drop, hashtag princess every month, hashtag who the hell else do you need? You don't need nobody else because I'm everything. I'm hey. every woman. Hey. I'm Princess Amber, I'm, I'm Beyonce, Michelle, and Kelly. Not. I sing all the parts. Who else do you need but me? All the women who independent, I don't need nobody. Guys, um, thank you so much that was for good. entertaining me. <laughs> that was good. Um, Rashidra and Tony, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. You thank guys have you. had a long week. I know Tony, the announcement was what, Tuesday? Tuesday. I know it's been a oh, long week. Oh, that ain't even been y'all. a week. Yikes. Yeah. It hasn't been a week. Whew. Y'all have done the eight shows. Y'all have been on the Broadway. Y'all have been shining. Y'all have been lights. Y'all have been encouragement and wisdom and love. And I'm so glad you guys took a moment of your Sunday and gave it to me. Absolutely, girl. Thank you. I love you. 
I will talk you. to you guys soon. Thank you, Chris, for holding it down over there in the corner. Thank you. Thank you I'm impressed with your silent laughter over there. So now you see Christy over there. Like, they don't be hearing him because we're over there. <laughs> Y'all gonna see when we do the live show. Because Chris gonna be there. He ain't gonna have on no shirt. Y'all gonna be screaming, whatever. He gonna be laughing. It's fine. Um, thank you, guys. I'll see y'all in June. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.